What's up, friends? Welcome to Peloton. We always work this hard because we are Peloton, and together we go far. Remember, you are not alone. I'm right there with you. Progress, not perfection. You've done the hardest part. This is Peloton. Hey, what's up? I am Tunde Oyunane, and welcome to Fitness Flipped, a Peloton Studios original. It's the show all about flipping the script on all the things we think we know about fitness. Today, we're talking about dun, 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 comparison and how flipping the script on comparison in fitness and honestly, well, I guess everything else in your life is key to a truly happy and healthy world. Okay, everybody, comparison. Hmm. Has anything good ever come out of comparison? That, my friends, is the question. My immediate gut reaction is absolutely hell to the nah. And Trust me, I have been through it. I've been through it. I've been through it. I've been really through it. I spent so many years comparing myself to others in very super unhealthy, not positive ways. So before we dive into this episode, I'm going to put this out there. What is it about somebody else's life that we find ourselves measuring ourselves, our success, our worthiness, our happiness to them? I'm a fitness person, a fitness expert. I live in this world of fitness. I try to not allow myself to dwell on all the things I'm not. My teammates, Bex Gentry, Matt Wilpers, Selena Samwala, Robin Arzon, to name a few. These are runners, y'all. Like, they, they eat miles for breakfast. But I come back to this thing that says, they're running theirs and I'm running mine. And that is okay. If we're going to compare, why not compare ourselves to what we think that we are capable of? Why do we have to insert another person as the standard, as the absolute? Why not allow ourselves to set our own standards? Today's question is about how we can use comparison as a tool that allows us to grow rather than this icky feeling that makes us feel bad and holds us back. So here's what you can expect from today's episode of Fitness Flipped. We're going to hear from an expert on comparison and envy, and then we're going to sit down with a woman, a human, a person, a friend that I am obsessed with. I love her. She is my teammate. She is a fellow Peloton instructor. And her name is Emma Lovewell. She's here today. I can't wait. I'm so excited. Let's dig in. Okay, so recently I've been so curious about what's happening in our brains as we compare ourselves to others. And if there's any upside to it, like is comparison okay? Susan Fitz is a professor of psychology and public affairs at Princeton. Susan's focus is on how people relate to each other. Susan is the author of Envy Up, Scorn Down, How Status Divides Us. 
She explains comparison as a natural thing we do as humans to figure out where we stand in relation to others. So it can be a way we get information, but depending on how you do it, it can be problematic. So the problem with comparing downward is that it leads you to feel superior to the person you're comparing yourself to. And that's corrupting in the sense that it makes you feel like you're better than somebody and then you're you're dehumanizing them in effect or you're subordinating them to yourself and it's only on one dimension that you're comparing yourself but there could be 40 other ways in which they're a better person than you or they have competencies that you don't have so when you compare downward it really affects them but it also affects the person who does it because it makes you a less compassionate more more callous person in general, but toward that person in particular. So um, so comparing downward, I think, is morally problematic. Uh, comparing upward, it depends on how you do it. If a sibling achieves something great, you can envy them or you can admire them and feel proud of them. And that depends on whether you feel like you're sharing in the person's success So to the extent you can share in the person's success, then you can feel proud and happy that they won the award or did accomplish something. To the extent that you're pitting yourself against them in a competitive way and contrasting their success with your standing, then that's where envy comes in. So looking upward, you know, you can do it in these two ways in a more cooperative you know, proud, admiring way, or you can do it in a more competitive way. And it's really healthier for everybody, especially for the relationship, if you can find a way to assimilate, to take in the other person's success and make it part of, you know, you as a family or you as a team or you as friends. This is how I live my life. This is how I live my life. Not thinking about ourselves as individuals to compare against each other, but as a team achieving success together. I love sharing in my teammates' success. Y'all, when Cody became a finalist on Dancing with the Stars, when Emma finally renovated that house and came out with those jeans, when Robin had that delicious baby and then wrote a second book, ah! for me, it's not about whether or not I can do that too. It's about how can I celebrate them? I think it's about like recognizing that we all have our thing. We all have our many things. And when we're able to show up fully and celebrate each other, like truly, truly, truly celebrate our people, then I think the universe like pushes cause to celebrate right back to you. It's this 360 effect. Joy will find its way to me too. So on this theme of teams, I wanted to ask Dr. Fiss for some strategies on how we could all focus on building teams rather than on comparison. So because social comparison seems so fraught with risks for you and risks for the other person, uh, it seems like you might want to come up with some ways to calm yourself down and not do so much of it. So I think... Teamwork is really an answer to a lot of these things. Teamwork means that you're dependent on other people to get 
accomplish a goal that you care about. And so with teamwork, there are going to be people who are good at certain things and not so good at other things. And you have to find out what those are. And so that means you have to think about the other person as a person with all their complicated strengths and weaknesses. And you have to place your own strengths and weaknesses in context with the other person. And then when you have this whole network of enmeshed people on a team, when it goes well, you can feel it humming along and it it leads to everybody's feelings of success, shared success, in a way that's bigger than any one individual. And so that gets you beyond worrying about who's better at this and who's better at that. Um, But I think the other thing is to change your target of comparison. So when I work out, for example, um, I compare myself to myself yesterday and last week. And then that's inspiring because, you know, I can say, oh, look, I was better at this than I was before. And if I, if I have a, a, a drop-off in my performance, I can say, okay, that means you know you can do better because you've done better before. So, you know, either way, it can be useful to use yourself as a benchmark. And it's more constructive than using somebody else as a benchmark because they're different from you. They have different strengths and weaknesses, and, and it just pits you against them. I love that we just flip the idea of comparison into something we can use to further ourselves. Not put ourselves down, but further ourselves. Can you guys feel that though? How are you benchmarking your progress? And from there, how do you make sure that you're only comparing your benchmark to yourself and not anyone else? Yay, I'm so excited. I'm so excited, y'all. My friend is here today, Emma Lovewell. If you somehow don't know who she is, Emma Lovewell is a fellow Peloton instructor. She is the founder of Live, Learn, Love Well. She and I have been navigating lots of our journey together as women of color, as children of immigrants, as creatives and fitness professionals who have had so many twists, (laughs) twists and turns in our journey. Emma has learned so much in her previous career as a dancer about how to navigate her feelings of comparison. I think that she is the perfect, 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 perfect person for us to learn from as we learn how to celebrate ourselves rather than fall down the comparison wormhole. Eee! Emma! <laughs> hey, friend. Hello. I am so excited to have you here today. So we are talking about comparison. It has so much of an impact on our well-being. And honestly, it's kind of impossible to avoid. So I want to know, what do you do, Emma, when you catch yourself in moments of comparison? Uh, There's a few things. I mean, one is definitely realizing that what you're seeing is not always the truth. I always have to take a moment to breathe and be like, what I'm considering or what I'm, you know, making of this story, is it actual reality or is this just like a story I'm making up in my head? And we have powerful imaginations. So let me tell you, I can create like a whole story about how I'm not good enough or, you know, whatever. Like that's real. So if you're comparing 
a photo or some, you're assuming that this person's life is, they have no issues. And like, girl, let's be real. Everybody has issues. Everybody cries. Everybody has hardship at some point in their life. And so I learned to have compassion and empathy for other people and then also for myself. So if I'm in a moment where I'm not feeling hot, you know, I, I need to have compassion for myself too. Mm. You know, when it comes to comparison, I think of us. We are friends. We are teammates. We work together. What I would go as far as say I, I commend us for, like within our friendship, is the ability to celebrate each other. I remember when I first met you, I was starstruck. I told you, I was like, I always ride with you. Oh, stop. And so <laughs> to like, to now to be friends with you and to share this space with you, it is easy to fall into a state of comparison to think, gosh, like, why am I not doing that? Am I doing this thing wrong? That's why I'm saying I'm complimenting our friendship in this, in this place of, I think that we all really require one another to level up. Yeah. You know, I have a, a story about, I moved to New York City to be a professional dancer. And so I was going on a lot of dance auditions, some modeling auditions. And I had a group of friends, there was four of us, that were all amazing dancers. We were all brunette. We were all around the same height, the same cast type, right? So if you're like going into a commercial audition, they need a black girl, a white girl. So I, in this case, I was usually a white girl or sometimes uh, Latina. So <laughs> I was never the Asian girl. So let's just be clear. People were very confused by me. But anyway, we would go to these auditions all together. And it was hard because I'm literally in a room dancing for my life with a number on my chest, trying to book this job over my best friend, knowing that they're probably only going to take one of us, if any of us, right? And then there's another 100 people in the room. Like this, like dance is so competitive. And I just really had to check myself and I had to swallow my pride a lot. I had to push my ego aside. I genuinely loved these girls. And I cannot tell you how many times one of them would book something over me or it would come down to the last two of us. It would be me and one other like in the room and we'd have to like dance off. Like no joke, this is real. And then they would pick one of us. And like how brutal, you know? And honestly, I can say this, that like, I often didn't book the job. Like, I'm a good dancer, but my friends were definitely better. So I, I can say that with confidence now. I'm very secure in my career now, but I can say that I'd be like, wow, another one, another one. Like, I didn't get this one and she did, or, you know, it was really hard, but it, it tested our friendship a lot. And it actually, I think, made us closer. And what we ended up doing was over communicating with each other because we were so sensitive of each other's feelings. So it, it kind of created this thing where I was like genuinely happy for them, but also so sad and disappointed that I didn't get it. it it's a really hard mixture of feelings to deal with. But I'm so glad that I learned that because like you said now, you know, we are, I'm so honored that I get to work with you and I'm constantly inspired by um, your achievements and all of our colleagues' achievements. Here's a quote that I like is like being able to appreciate somebody else's beauty without questioning your own. Like I think about that all the time. 
You know, if you can look at a flower and, and, and think like, how beautiful is this flower? It doesn't mean that you're ugly. There's not only one beautiful flower. Right. I want to circle back to this idea of social media. I know that sometimes um, it's really easy to wonder how they woke up like that. One of my <laughs> friends, he always says, like, Tunde, nobody stops in the middle of an argument with their partner and says, let's take a picture in this moment where we're all mad and upset <laughs> and post that. Like, nobody takes a picture of themselves on their crappiest day and then post it. You're receiving snapshots of everybody in their best moment. And yet we still compare our everyday moments to everybody's best moment. What are some concrete tips that you can share when comparison starts to spiral out of control? Unplugging is huge. And I'll actually notice a change in myself. And, and it's like kind of a signal of like when I need to unplug. Because I start being hard on myself. I start being down, like in, just like in a general mood, if I'm just like feel like there's a cloud over me, I'm like, okay, I need to like turn my phone off for a day or turn, you know, social media off for an entire weekend. I I literally have to do that. And it, I kid you not, it is medicine. It works. It's like there are days where I like self-sabotage myself. I'm like, I know I shouldn't be doing this, but I'm doing it. It's like such a weird thing, right? So then I'm like, okay, girl. Let's plan a weekend where I'm just not on my phone. And the best way to do that is to surround yourself with people that you love in real time. So yes, that's number one. Number two, which is part of this, is go outside. I'm telling you, if you put your bare feet in the grass and you connect with this planet, it is so healing. So that might look like me putting my phone down and going on a hike or just spending time outdoors. Obviously harder, you know, in the Northeast in the wintertime, but it's like get that vitamin D, that sun on your face in some way. Spend, you know, get fresh air, spend time outdoors. It's really just that, like, you got to disconnect to reconnect. Um, and then it, because then we start also like resenting social media because there are some beautiful things about it. There are some positives. But when you're in this downward spiral, you can't even acknowledge the positives because all you're doing is just like, I'm not good enough or I'm not invited to this thing or I didn't get this opportunity and somebody else did. And but but here's the thing, like we have the tools to help ourselves. We have the tools to help each other. We can disconnect, we can go outside, we can do the things that are good for us. You know, when, when I'm not feeling great, I make sure I eat a healthy meal. There are literal things that you can do that will change your mood. I think that scroll envy is a very real thing. Emma, what would you say to your followers who are sitting at home possibly on social media, listening to this conversation, scrolling through your page and comparing themselves to you. You can monitor who you follow. You know, our friend Allie Love was just talking about this the other day, is that like, if you're on your Instagram and you're scrolling through and you look at somebody's feed and somebody's photos and it doesn't make you feel good, don't follow them. I will say that about myself. If you follow me, <laughs> and it doesn't make you feel good, don't follow. You know, we are the gatekeepers to our own happiness ourselves. You know, we get to help ourselves when, when we're sick. We have to take care of ourselves. We have to monitor what kind of information we take in. Obviously, 
we want to be well-informed, but we also get to control what we see. Also, I will just reiterate that I also have envy. So if you're looking at me and thinking you have, you know, the perfect life, like I'll, I'll share this with you that I posted a photo of me in my kitchen, which I do a lot because I'm very proud of it. My boyfriend and I remodeled <laughs> our kitchen. The most beautiful home, by the so, way. Thank you. So somebody commented and said, wow, it must be nice to have everything you've ever dreamed of. And that comment, I I still think about it. I I thought about it for like hours, you know. Which, with if we could pause for a moment, I'm sure was sent with love. Totally, right? Totally. But it made me think so much because on one level, I'm like, first of all, how do you know what my dreams are? <laughs> Second of all, does this imply that? you think I have everything or does this imply that you don't have everything that you want? Or does it imply that I have made you think that I have everything? Exactly. Right. There are like so many layers to this. And then it also made me sad, you know, because I was like, I don't want to make people feel bad about themselves. Right. That's not my goal in life. It's like the quite the opposite. But, you know, I will reiterate that like, It might seem like I have everything, but there are days where I I don't feel like I have everything. And then there are days where I can be really grateful for everything that I have. And it really comes in waves. And there are days where I'm not feeling good about myself. There, you know, you know, Tunde, when I go to bed, like I have a retainer, I have glasses, I wear pimple cream. I am same. Same. Not, you know, only my boyfriend gets to see me. You know what I'm saying, right? Retainers. Yeah. Right? Like, how do you think my teeth are straight? <laughs> well, Emma, here, here's, I could argue both sides of this because I always say don't shrink yourself to fit into small spaces. People celebrate your core. Like, you guys, I've seen her abs in real life. She is like a 17-pack. The girl has abs on her back. She has abs up on her chin and on her nose. Emma is a walking ab. That's what she is. I look at Emma, and I'm like, how come I don't have a quarter of the ab section that Emma has? I work out, too. Right? And so it's like, you shouldn't then be forced to walk around in a full t-shirt and not show your beautiful abs because you have those abs. And so I think that it's like, it's just this space. It's this funny space. I think it's less of, Emma, don't be proud and celebrate your home. Emma, don't be proud and show off your beautiful abs. I think it's more so of like, Tunde, as the receiver, don't manage your worth based on what someone else presents of themselves. Totally. And I hear you. And I also, I struggle with those two things of like not shrinking into small spaces, but also like sometimes I won't talk about certain successes or things yeah. that I'm proud of because I don't want yeah. other people to to feel bad. So I also think it has to be like, if you are willing to celebrate yourself and shine bright, then you have to be willing to not let other people's judgments and opinions about you be loud. You have to know that somebody's going to have something to say always. So if you're going to shine bright, don't let those voices, those judgments be too loud. I love that. Emma, I have a few speed round questions for you. Are you ready? (laughs) 
Sure. <laughs> See you like adjusting back, long spine. Get it, girl. <sighs> let me take. Let me take a couple of breaths. Inhale through the nose. Exhale through the mouth. Okay. <laughs> wiggle my fingers. Wiggle my toes. Let's go. <laughs> Speed round questions. Here we go. What is your favorite way to relax? Um, laying on a comfy chair with my cat kimchi. Ooh, kimchi. How do you deal with bad body image days? And I know that everyone is listening is probably like, Emma probably doesn't even have bad body image days. She's (laughs) perfect. Let's get real, girl. How do you deal with bad body image days? I, you know, yeah, turn social media off and put on a sweatsuit and I, um, no, tomorrow will be different. <laughs> mm, that's a I, real just answer. really like come and go, you know, and it's just like today's not my day. That's okay. Hey. Maybe tomorrow. Hey. What's your favorite power move? What do you mean a power move? Like a- Okay, so my favorite power move is uh if I go out on a date and the guy acts weird about the check, like it's just like acting weird, I just pick it up. I'm like, let me just show him I'm a boss. What's your favorite power move? Oh, my power move is that I can drive a motorcycle. And I was once in a commercial, like a national commercial on TV, where I'm walking to a motorcycle with a man, and then I jump on the front, and he jumps on the back, and then I drive away into the sunset. Oh, I'm so deep in this fantasy. Okay, not (laughs) to compare, not to compare. You are so good at everything. So the fact that you are riding around in motorcycles, I'm not comparing, I'm celebrating you. I'm celebrating. Yes, girl. Get it, girl. Teach me your ways. Thank you, Emma. That was fun. Thanks, Tunde. Okay, Miss Emma Lovewell. Let's do it. Let's celebrate each other and be inspired by each other. And girlfriend, uh, can I get a ride on the back of that motorcycle? I promise I will bring my helmet. You are not responsible. All right, it is time to tune in, turn on, and tap in to Tunde's final thoughts. So many great realizations today from both Emma and Dr. Fisk about human nature, about our strategies for how we fight the more harmful aspects of comparison and lean into the good. For me, the more we know about our tendencies to compare ourselves, the more tools that we have to live a life of purpose, on purpose, and with purpose. I think when I think about ugly comparison, I think that's what I'll call it, ugly comparison. Ugly comparison is when you don't feel like enough because you're measuring yourself to someone else. Ugly comparison is when you're saying, why them? Why not me? I think when we measure ourselves to ugly comparison, we do ourselves a disservice because it's not fair for us to measure ourselves against anyone because we don't know where anyone is within their journey, within their process. You take a two-day arm and lights weights class and you curse me through the screen. And you wonder why this girl is able to hold up this weight when you've dropped it maybe three or four times. I guess the part that we zoom past is the struggle that it takes for any one person to be where they are within their journey. When I started my wellness journey, it was difficult for me to work out more than two times a week. I've grown and evolved into this space 
And to not fully know the details and not fully then measure yourself against every detail is to do yourself a supreme disservice. So we're going to wrap today with our weekly challenge. This week, we have two challenges. I apologize for singing. First, notice when you start comparing yourself to another person. Recognize that. Whether it's an outfit on Instagram, a coworker's accomplishments, or maybe someone else on the leaderboard. Write it down. Track how many times you do it. We're going to start to see how automatic the act of comparison is. So the second thing we're going to do is change the target of your comparison. Write down how many reps you did. How many minutes did you spend on that tread? And then write down how many you do the very next day. And then the next day after that. You'll start to see how good it feels to compare you to you and only you. That, my friends, is the only comparison that matters. Tell me because we want to hear about it. Find me at Tune to Tune Day and at One Peloton, hashtag fitness flipped. And make sure to check out the Peloton app and all the fun stuff at OnePeloton.com. I want to see you back here later this week for our member story. This week, we got one of our Peloton grandmas in the house. Oh, how I love learning some wisdom from my elders. All right, you guys, get out there. It's a great day, y'all. Go out and be great. Fitness Lift is a production of Peloton Studios. It is produced by Amy S. Choi and Rebecca Lehrer of the Mashup Americans. Our senior producer is Sarah Pellegrini. Our development producer is Alana Levinson. And our production manager is Shelby Sandlin. Fitness Flip is sound designed by Pedro Rafael Rosado. Original music composed by Jen Kwok and Jody Shelton. Special thanks to Jen Cotter, Janie Herbert, Laura Petro, Amanda Hill, Danielle Mills, Tony Calandra, DJ John Michael, and Alexis Duncan. 